Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode. Let's face it, we all have things we want to accomplish in our lives, but it seems like we just get so distracted from those big things because of all the little fires we have to put out each day. We have great intentions, but rarely do those intentions actually come to fruition because we're just so busy doing the day-to-day stuff. Then we look back a few years down the road wondering why we never accomplished that five-year plan we had for ourselves. We know what goals are, and we may have even participated in a few goals goal-setting sessions during our life, but for whatever reason, we just didn't make those goals a priority in our lives, and now we're once again at a crossroads trying to determine whether to give up on our dreams and just continue aimlessly walking through our lives or finally working toward achieving those big dreams. So today, we're going to finally take the first step toward creating meaningful goals and look at individual goals examples you need to address in your own life. And just to be clear, yes, it's going to mean setting aside time to think through the good things you want for your life, facing some of those bad habits that we all have head on, acknowledging that we aren't necessarily where we thought we might be at this point, realizing that we can change our path, and putting in the hard work needed. This isn't going to just be a quick thing you do in between phone calls so you can check it off your to-do list. This is going to require you to get out of your comfort zone, put forth a concerted effort in order to dig into some uncomfortable things and learn some new skills. But aren't your biggest dreams worth mucking through some discomfort? If you said yes, then let's do it. Welcome to the Classroom Exit Strategies Podcast, a podcast for teachers who are thinking about leaving the classroom or starting a side hustle to grow into a self-sustaining business. My name is Jennifer Holt, and I'm here to provide you with strategic action steps designed to help you leave the classroom on your terms. I've spent lots of time discussing SMART goals and the benefits associated with them in other podcast episodes, but we're going to take this just a little bit farther as we dig into those individual goals and how they relate to your big SMART goals. This will allow us to create corresponding objectives with action steps. So here's a quick recap of SMART goals. SMART stands for specific, what exactly it is that you hope to accomplish, measurable, How can you measure your progress? Attainable, is this a realistic goal for this season in my life? Relevant, what direction you want to go moving forward? And timely, when will this goal be accomplished? Breaking down a desire to leave the classroom might look something like this. Specific, I want to leave the classroom. Measurable, I will spend 15 minutes every day job hunting, researching titles, or working on my resume. Attainable, I will have my updated resume created and ready to submit within 90 days. Relevant, I will apply for remote instructional designer jobs or instructional design jobs in my area. And timely, I will leave the classroom at the end of this school year. Each of these pieces of this particular smart goal move me closer and closer to the end result I want. That's going to be the best way to achieve this particular goal and any others I set for myself. In order to leave the classroom, I need to determine the minimum amount of money I need to make to support myself and or my family, designate when I want to actually leave, decide what type of job I'd like to pursue, create or update my resume, prepare for and be invited to interviews, get another job, write a resignation letter, and then tell my students I'm leaving. Obviously, this one goal requires requires a lot of behind-the-scenes action steps because it isn't just something you decide one day and with a snap of your fingers, it's done. This is a goal that requires quite a bit of work on your part and a long time to bring to fruition, but it's the only way you'll actually ever take the plunge. Career goals. 
Honestly, I think this is probably the easiest area of our lives to set goals in. In fact, it may be part of your job description to set team goals and or professional goals for yourself. But key results only come from concerted effort and a daily routine aligned with meeting your goals. So let's look at the two distinct areas that are important for your professional success. Number one, professional development goals. The first area is the one most directly tied to you and your efforts. Think about these more as the learning and achievement goals you want to carry out. And while you may be part of the company goals, it's important for you to think about different things you want to achieve within your career. Maybe you want to get better at leading meetings or communicating with your team. Then you might want to seek out public speaking online courses that will allow you to practice this skill and increase your ability. Perhaps you'd like to take on a few more leadership roles. This will require you to have excellent time management skills and the ability to balance adding new things to your plate. Maybe you would like to learn a foreign language in order to communicate with another person within the company, a new student in your classroom, or even a particular leader within the ranks. The whole idea behind professional development goals or even your business goals is determining how you can become a better employee or business owner and then taking those new ideas and creating smart goals that align with them on a regular basis. Number two, professional life. While this may sound very similar to professional development goals, professional life goals are more about developing positive relationships with your team members. It's so easy in the realm of goal setting to get hyper-focused on a to-do list or on what we need to accomplish that we forget how many of our goals are actually directly related or even tied to our relationship with others. So you want to think about how you can make a lasting positive impact on those around you. Let's face it, we spend at least eight hours a day with our coworkers, and that means we spend as much, if not more time with them than we do with our own families. Therefore, we want to make sure we're spending time cultivating those relationships in a way that is meaningful, long-lasting, and appropriate. Now, as usual, I have a word of caution. Because we spend so much time with our coworkers, inappropriate relationships can develop if we aren't careful. Therefore, you should set appropriate work relationship goals, especially if you are married. Then be sure to think about how you can improve your relationships with your coworkers, increase your own emotional intelligence, and help them set their own goals. So here are 15 individual goals examples directly related to your career, designed to get you thinking of new goals you can set for yourself and hopefully achieve within the next year. Number one, spend 15 minutes at the end of each day setting tomorrow's goals in order to get a head start. Number two, arrive to work 10 minutes early to review the new goals you set the day before. Number three, learn a new language in order to communicate with a coworker, branch manager, or student. Number four, use a timer to create focused time blocks. Five, spend five minutes each day speaking to a different coworker and actively listening to what he or she says. Six, Check your email at designated times during the day to decrease your chances of becoming distracted. 7. Set email autoresponders. 8. Find different ways to increase your job satisfaction. 9. Develop a growth mindset and apply it to situations in the workplace. 10. Determine what time you will leave work and then walk away at the appointed time. 11. Encourage coworkers to develop a positive work-life balance with you. 12. Create a work environment that is warm, inviting, and welcoming to others. 13. Set short-term and long-term goals related to your career. 14. Revisit and review your long-term goals at the end of the quarter and then adjust them as needed. And 15. Set specific work-life boundaries so that your job doesn't take over your entire life. That brings us to the second category, which is 
personal development goals. For most people, setting goals in your professional life is a lot easier than setting goals in your personal life. It sort of just comes with the territory as a career-oriented individual. You have goals for making more money, starting your own business, achieving the next level on the career ladder, etc. But when it comes to thinking about our personal growth goals or life goals, we just tend to struggle. Maybe it's because we think it's just a waste of time or a useless endeavor. Or a more likely possibility is that all those things you want to do in life tend to just get lost in the daily to-do lists of being a spouse, a parent, child, brother, sister, and or friend. Then one day you wake up only to realize you never put the necessary effort and action steps into place because at the time they weren't important enough long-term goals. If something isn't important enough to take action on, then it isn't important. So if you know there are some great things you want to do with your life and important things you want to accomplish, let's do them. Here are four of the most important areas related to personal development. Number one, social media. Social media can be a great way to meet new people, but it doesn't replace face-to-face in-person connections. It's easy to put our highlight reel on social media, but that doesn't lead to deeper and more meaningful relationships. Now, I'll be the first to admit that some of my best business friends are those I've never actually met in person. We found each other through social media channels, and now we take time to connect via Zoom to share struggles and wins with one another. But most of us would admit that we take to social media as an escape from real-life responsibility. So while social media can be an excellent place to find successful people to follow and practice honing our communication skills, it can also create a labyrinth of struggles for us. It can cause us to neglect important relationships and responsibilities, develop imposter syndrome, and even drain our energy levels. As you think about individual goals and examples of way to take action, consider social media. Think about it from a pros and cons perspective and consider whether or not you might need to put time limits and specific boundaries in place for yourself. Facing the truth is an essential part of making positive changes in your life. Number two, personal growth. Have you ever heard someone say, well, that's just the way I am, or I've always been like that, or something similar? While it could be true that someone has always behaved a certain way or is naturally prone to certain emotions, these types of sayings are just an easy way to say, I don't want to change because I like the way things are. Interestingly, many people don't realize that we all have room for growth and we can all choose to do better. That's where personal development and personal growth come into play. There are thousands of self-help books on the market designed to change any aspect of your life that you want to target. But there is one that is my go-to option because it answers so many of life's deepest questions. Maybe you, like me, are interested in understanding why you're here, what it is that makes you significant in a world full of people, the meaning of life, your specific purpose, how to love people better, and when to forgive someone. Honestly, I could write 500 more questions we ponder on a daily basis and never even scratch the surface. But the important thing here is to understand where to find the answers, and that is the Bible. Now, I know some people will say it's an old and outdated book, but I can promise you there are applications to be made for every question you've ever asked. Number three, finances. As with many of the other individual goals examples we've looked at, finances are an area that we discuss a lot, but rarely take action to achieve. We like to talk about how we wish we made more money or what we would do if we won the lottery, but how many of us take time to unpack where it is our money actually goes? The reality is we don't want to truly see where our money goes because then we might 
might have to admit some things we don't want to admit, make some changes we don't want to make, and give up some things we feel like we deserve. Am I right? Let me ask you a question. If you thought you might have a life-threatening illness like cancer, would you avoid acknowledging it so you wouldn't have to deal with it? What if you had the choice to deal with it now and only have a minor procedure or put it off and inevitably end up having to experience major surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation? Now, I know that seems like a really harsh comparison, but here's the truth. Financial struggles lead to more divorces than anything else. So if you know you need to pull back the curtain on some things that aren't very pretty in regards to spending, just accept that you made your choices and now the consequences are staring back at you. Then realize that you are walking through the discomfort now in order to have a better life. This is the only way you will be willing to do it. Trust me, you have a better chance of recovering from poor past financial decisions now than you will a year from now. Facing the truth can hurt really badly, but the only way you can let go of the past and move on is by focusing on what is right in front of you. Number four, relationships. Now this is a tricky area because we are born with a desire for relationships but we struggle with finding the truly deep and meaningful relationships we seek. And then there's the added issue of people being people. In other words, even if we do find people, many have a tendency to let us down in one way or another. And that's what makes relationships so tough. But aren't meaningful relationships worth the effort and time we invest in them? If this is the case, then how can we create measurable goals in our relationships? Well, we need to begin by thinking in general terms. What types of things would you like to develop specifically related to goals? Consider how you can be a good friend by guarding sensitive and personal information others have shared with you, practicing active listening and focusing completely on what another person is sharing as opposed to thinking of what you plan to say next, creating space in your schedule to talk to a friend or pray for their specific situation. This same logic can be applied to relationships with family members. How are you being a good friend to those in your family? What are you doing that makes them want to spend time with you and cultivate a meaningful relationship with you? These are the questions that will help you recall that the specific goals you are hoping to achieve are directly related to the people in your life. Proverbs 18.24 states, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. In other words, if you want to have good friends, you need to be a good friend first. So remember, these relationship goals aren't just items on a checklist. They're going to be tasks that require an investment of time and energy. But if you want only the best things for those you care about, and it requires sacrificing other things in order to spend quality time with them, then it's worth it. Individual goals examples for your personal development. As we consider the four specific areas we've covered, including social media, individual growth, finances, and relationships, let's look at 20 individual goals examples you might want to set for yourself. Now remember, you can change numbers or amounts to reflect your specific needs and then turn these examples of personal goals into achievable goals for you. Number one, spend 30 minutes max on social media per day. Two, connect with one new person or account on Instagram each week by sending a DM. Three, turn off my phone at 9 p.m. each night. Four, have a social media free weekend. Five, enact a no phones at the dinner table policy. Six, go on a date with my spouse once a week. Seven, spend 15 minutes of uninterrupted time with each of my kids daily. Eight, play a board game with my kids and or spouse. Nine, send my spouse and I love you text just because each week. 10, read one chapter of Proverbs each day this month. 11, start a new Bible study and complete each lesson daily. 
12. Pray for my spouse, my kids, my family, and my friends. 13. Learn a new skill this month. 14. Read at least one page in a book before bed. 15. Meet a friend for coffee one day this week. 16. Practice active listening by having someone tell me about a recent event or incident. 17. Create a realistic budget. 18. Use cash for all in-person purchases. 19. Talk to your spouse before making any big purchases. 20. Save $100 per month in order to have $1,000 in an emergency fund saved within 10 months. Now, thus far, we've talked about career goals that will help you thrive in your job and personal development goals designed to help you be a better person. But the last area of individual goals examples that we're going to cover is physical health. Ironically, this is an area where many New Year's resolutions are created and then subsequently dropped because the effort is just too much. The key to setting a goal like getting healthy is breaking it into smaller goals and creating action steps designed to get you there. So let's use the same approach we've been using thus far and apply it to our physical health. Exercise. Let's just lay it out on the table. Other than diet, exercise is one of the hardest things to add to our daily life. We like to say we don't have enough time to exercise because that helps us feel better. But the truth is we have time for the important things in our lives. And we have time for those things we have written into specific time slots. So think about when you could exercise that would make the most sense. For me, I like to exercise when I first wake up because it keeps me from putting the task off for the rest of the day. It helps me stay focused on eating better because who wants to work that hard to exercise just to swallow three donuts. And then finally, it forces me to do it before I shower, resulting in me actually doing it. Determining when you will exercise and putting that into your schedule ahead of time will ensure that you actually do it. Rest. We are the most chronically overworked and unrested generation to date. And to keep up with the ever-increasing demands placed on us, we consume more coffee and energy drinks than ever before. We applaud the entrepreneur who gets up at 3 a.m. to start work. We applaud the teacher who gets to school at 6 a.m. and doesn't leave until 7 p.m. And we applaud the worker who misses important family and life events in order to climb the corporate ladder. Yet we say we value rest. The truth is, we think rest and sleep are for the weak and the lazy. Don't believe me? Ask yourself this question. When was the last time you went to bed at 9 p.m.? When was the last time you took a nap? When was the last time you didn't have to drink any coffee or an energy drink to make it through the day? Enlightening, isn't it? We like to boast about how little sleep we get each night and how many hours of overtime we worked this week. But unfortunately, as future generations are watching us, they begin to think that sleep deprivation and increased caffeine consumption are all just a part of life. Our kids stay on their electronic devices all night and are consuming massive amounts of caffeine to counteract the impacts. But what we can't see is the lasting negative impacts lack of rest is having on our bodies. I've included some articles directly related to sleep deprivation down in the show notes below. The truth is, we need to shift our mindset away from the idea that rest is bad and start setting goals to add more rest into our days because rest is an important component of our overall health and well-being. Self-care. I saved this one for last because it's very possible that exercise and rest are actually part of your self-care routine. But you need to make sure you are taking care of yourself now before you do any lasting damage. The tricky part about self-care is how different it looks for each person. So the point isn't so much the specific activity itself as it is understanding the type of goal you need to set for self-care. Think of self-care as the things that you do that help you relax, those things that bring joy to your life and help you feel content. If you're an extrovert like me, you might find that attending a party, going to a concert, or meeting new people is the perfect form of self-care. Introverts, on the other hand, probably just broke out in hives thinking about it. They would most likely find reading a 
a book, watching a movie with a spouse, or working on a project at home, the ideal form of self-care. The key is to determine what things bring you joy and help you feel refreshed, renewed, and rejuvenated because those are the activities you want to include in your self-care regimen. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup and it's important that you take steps to ensure your cup is full so that you can pour into others. As we dive into individual goals examples for your physical health, I want you to remember that these are designed to be used as is or as just a starting point to help you make progress in the area of physical health. One, exercise for 30 minutes three times per week. Two, park farther from your workplace in order to get in more steps. Three, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Four, walk for 15 minutes during your lunch break. Five, drink five bottles of water each day. Six, consume only one cup of coffee or energy drink per day. Seven, go to bed earlier in order to get eight full hours of sleep each night. 8. Turn off your cell phone at 8 p.m. 9. Complete one self-care activity per week. 10. Spend 15 minutes per day praying for your family. 11. Eat more vegetables and fruits. 12. Get up and walk for one minute every hour during work. 13. Meet a friend at the park to walk and talk. 14. Play a game of tag with your kids. 15. Have a dance party in your living room or kitchen with your kids. Here's the truth. We are multifaceted individuals with unique dreams and aspirations, but we'll never achieve those if we don't actually set goals to complete them. So take some time today to set one good goal or even more using these individual goals examples. You can focus on one or more areas of your life, but you just need to make sure these are relevant to you and your biggest dreams. It doesn't matter what any other person is or isn't doing. You are in charge of your future, so get out there and do it. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast at happyteachermama.com. I'm your host, Jennifer Holt, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.